Hello, everyone. Welcome to the morning after edition of the Betting Life podcast brought to you by Fantasy Life. I'm Matthew Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. It's Monday morning, so it's time to talk about Monday Night Football for Week 11 and to take an early look at the Week 12 lines. And here with me to break it all down is Matt Lamarca. Oh man, Lamarca, it is Thanksgiving week. Every team is playing, so we've got a lot to get to. No time to look back at Week 11. We're going to move forward immediately into Monday Night Football, which is a highly anticipated Super Bowl rematch the Eagles and the Chiefs in Kansas City. This number is at two and a half favoring the Chiefs. It's been hovering between that and three all week. And let me see, 45 and a half is the number in the market. Uh, And it has moved down a little bit from where it opened, but generally it has been in that range. What are your thoughts with this game? Yeah, interesting game. I mean, the line movement in this one has been really minimal. You know, it flirts with three occasionally. It's still at, uh, you know, a, a minus three plus 100 at DraftKings. But everywhere else, it's two and a half. I do think that there's some sharp interest in the Eagles. But me personally, we talked about this last week. If I have the opportunity to bet on Patrick Mahomes laying less than a field goal, I'm going to do it. And so that's what I'm doing in this game. I, you know, my position hasn't changed. I have a bet on minus two and a half in the bet tracker currently, and I feel pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, You know, I think this should be on the other side of three. So comfortable betting it at minus two and a half. And in terms of the prop market, I will say everyone should go check out the free bet tracker that we have and uh, also the game hub where you can find all of the bets that we have made on this game for the past week or so. All right, let's get into the week 12 slate, starting with the three Thanksgiving day games. And of course, we've got the Black Friday game. Uh, And I will say tomorrow we are recording a podcast in which we cover in more depth all four of these games. So we might go through these a little bit faster uh, because we have that coming up soon. All right, kicking off the Thursday slate, we've got the Packers on the road in Detroit. And this was seven and a half in the look ahead market opened at seven and a half, still at seven and a half favoring the lions and 46 is the early number for the totals. This in the look ahead market was between 44 and 45. So it has bumped up uh, a little bit from there. Any early inclination for how you might approach this game? I think this game is pretty accurate in both markets. I I would take, if I had to make a, uh, a, wager right now i would take the over on you can still find a 45 and a half at a couple places as you mentioned this number's on the way up but uh i think the lions by you know seven and a half that that's about right in my ratings um if detroit had lost against chicago i would have been more inclined to make a play on them but because they managed to find their way back for an improbable victory I don't know if they're going to have that same desperation that they would have coming off of a loss. So uh, I'm this this game looks kind of looks like a pass to me personally, but I do think there might be a smidge of value on the over if you can still get forty five and a half. I haven't bet this game yet, but I am interested in the Lions. Uh, The Packers, I think, had a pretty fluky victory. Uh, The Lions, you know, of course, they didn't cover, but I still think they are pretty much a tier above, uh, maybe even a couple of tiers above the Packers. So, 
you know, whether I wait and I get this number at seven or I wait and I end up teasing the Lions, I imagine I will have a position on the Lions. Yeah, good, by the, good tease piece for sure. Yeah, yeah. By, by the day, uh, by the time this kicks off on Thursday, I think I will have a position one way or another on the Lions. All right, the next game here, we have the Cowboys hosting the Commanders who are coming off a demoralizing loss against the Tommy DeVito-led Giants. This number was nine, nine and a half in the look-ahead market. It is currently 11, uh, which is where it opened last night. 48 is the total that we have. 45 and a half was the number in the look-ahead market. I already have a position uh, on the the Cowboys from the look-ahead market where I saw it at nine and a half, and I said that is just too short. Uh, and so, you know, also defensively is like, look, this will either move to 10 or it will move to nine. I'm just going to grab it in case it actually moves to 10 or above. So I have a position on the Cowboys. Even at the current number, I still like them. Um but that might be a little too much for some people who are kind of value seeking and think that uh, this could be a buy low opportunity for the commanders. Is it a buy low opportunity? Uh, not in my eyes. Uh, you know, paddle boat Ron had his boys really ready to go against the G men. Six turnovers, uh, roughly a million sacks on both sides. It was just a really gross game of football. I mean, if you are looking for some positives, they did have more than 400 yards of total offense, but, uh, you know, congratulations. You lost by 12 to a team that I said, uh, last week was maybe the lowest team I have ever had in my power ratings. So the the thing about the Cowboys is that whatever, like, like whenever they're playing a bad team, you can count on them to win by margin. Right. Like we saw it last week with the Panthers was a perfect example. They weren't they were not dominating the Panthers. This game was a seven point game, you know, in the fourth quarter. And then they they rattle off a touchdown, a defensive score and kick a field goal, 17 uh, or 16 unanswered points win by 23. Like that's the type of thing that this Dallas team does. They they pile up points quickly. And I I see no reason why they can't do it against Washington, especially with how bad their offensive line has been. It's just a brutal matchup against the Cowboys pass rush. That's one of the best in the league. Um, You know, I will say like Washington has played some tough games against good teams this season. Like they, they played the Eagles competitive twice, but yeah, I mean, especially if this line gets back down towards 10, I, I could see the Cowboys being a play for me. Yep. All right. Next game here, we have the 49ers on the road against the Seahawks. Uh, not certain yet as to whether we will see Geno Smith or Drew Locke in this game. Geno Smith exited with an elbow injury or like an arm injury, came back in at the end of the game, uh, helped put the team you know near field goal range. Ultimately, uh, the kicker missed. So there you go. We don't know at this point if it's going to be Geno Smith. Uh, Kenneth Walker for the Seahawks also exited the game. Uh, uncertain if he's going to play. I'm skeptical that either of those guys will play on a short week here. Uh, and then you have the 49ers coming off of a a win in which they did not cover uh, the 13 and a half. But, you know, it felt like they were in control of that game the whole time. You had Brock Purdy throwing for you know 333 yards, three touchdowns. And now this number is at seven in the look ahead market. It was, I believe, five and a half. 
Uh, no, it was five actually. Uh, but it was at, as low as three and a half at, uh, I believe it was FanDuel. And I am, of course, mad at myself for not grabbing that number when it was there. But any thoughts on this game uh, with all the uncertainty that we have right now? Yeah, Brock Purdy yesterday, perfect passer rating, 158.3. First, quarter, first 49ers quarterback to do that since Joe Montana. Like, yeah. any debate about if this guy is good or if he is a fraud, like, it's irrelevant right now because he is just playing at such a high level. Um, I've I've bet the 49ers. I took them at minus six last night. Uh, I think that this is definitely getting to seven. It's basically at seven across most of the industry. Uh, you can still find a six and a half on FanDuel if you want to jump on board with that before the line moves. But this 49ers team with Debo Samuel back and with Trent Williams back, I think there is a legit case to be made that they're the best team in the league, right? I know that the Massey Peabody power ratings, which we have talked about for most of the season, they have the Ravens as the best team in the league. But with the Ravens losing Mark Andrews, I think San Francisco might jump them. So uh, the Seahawks are good, but they are not in the 49ers weight class. You factor in the injuries to Walker and Geno and uh, the fact that the 49ers in their wins are winning by an average of 20 points per game. like. I could see this one being somewhat ugly, to be honest. All right. So I, I do have a question on this. This number that you see right now, seven, six and a half at FanDuel. And I, I you know, circled that. I earmarked it. Like, do I bet this now? Um, do you think this assumes that Geno Smith is out? I would say no, right? I mean, the look you said the look ahead was five. I'd have to imagine the downgrade from Geno to Drew Locke is more than just a point and a half. I have it at two points. So I, you know, I, does that mean I you're, think, you're high on drew lock or you're low on Gino Smith? <laughs> uh, the, the estimation of Gino Smith has dropped since the season started. That is, okay. that is, I think for sure. Um, okay. I, I'm probably going to bet this, although I, I feel, um, actually it's very different. I was going to say, like last week, I bet the the commanders at nine and a half pretty much just because I wanted to beat it when it got to 10 and it got to 10 uh -huh. and then it came back down. And I feel like maybe I could be entering a similar situation this week, although uh, the 49ers are just clearly a tier above the, the commanders in that regard. So I don't know. I'm going to have to think about it. I'm I'm uh, I'm probably going to bet this. All right. Black Friday game. We have the Dolphins on the road playing the Jets. The Jets who just got steamrolled against the Buffalo Bills. This number was six and a half in the look ahead market favoring the Dolphins. It is now seven and a half. 42 and a half was the total in the look ahead market. It opened last night at 41 and his uh, 41 and a half and it has been bet down now to 41. We might even see this get a little bit lower. Uh, LaMarca, what are your thoughts with this game? You know that I have kind of been low on this Dolphins team for most of the year, but I just cannot bring myself to back the Jets, especially since it seems like they may make a change at quarterback. Um, I know Zach Wilson is trash, but I have to believe that Tim Boyle is smellier trash. Like, 
I can't imagine that that quarterback change is all of a sudden going to fix what ails the Jets. Like Boyle came in yesterday in relief of uh, Wilson, and he was seven for 14, 33 yards and an interception. Like it's whoever's back there. It's going to be bad. And we know that this Dolphins team can put up points. They were, I thought, very unlucky yesterday to only score 20 against the Raiders. They had, you know, 422 yards of total offense, but they had a bunch of turnovers. So if this Dolphins team scores, you know, 24, 27 points, which I think is very reasonable for them, how in the world is this Jets team supposed to keep up? Yeah, I I think that is all very fair. I don't know if I would be betting this now. Um, I have this projected around 7.8, but that is assuming that Zach Wilson plays. Not for sure that we can make that assumption. Um, But uh, I don't know if I'd be betting it now, but if I were to be betting this game, it would definitely be Dolphins uh, or pass. Uh, I do have a position on this from the look ahead market. I grabbed it at six and a half there. Uh, very happy to have that position. And then if I were to bet the total, I would probably be on the under, but I'm projected close to the market right now. So nothing really too, uh, too intriguing there for me. Okay. The early games on Sunday, starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road, playing the Texans. This is a rematch of, I believe it was a week three game. Uh, the Texans, I think you know, really dominated. That was at like 37 to 17. It was, it was a big win that the Texans had there. Uh, and now we are finally starting to see more of these divisional rematches. The Jags on the road minus one and a half is the number in the market. Uh, 46 and a half is where this total reopened last night and has been bet up to 47 and it was around 45, 45 and a half in the look ahead market. So, uh, some significant interest in the over in the market so far, LaMarca, where your, uh, where your eyes going here, (laughs) you know, where my eyes are going. Uh, they're going to my boy, CJ Stroud and this Texans team. I don't know if I actually want to take them at, you know, plus one or pick them, but they, they're the side that, that grabs my appeal, my, my interest here. Like Everything that I have said about the Jaguars all season, like nothing has changed. I think that Trevor Lawrence is overrated. Uh, I think that their defense is above average, but they're far from like an elite team defense that's going to win the Jaguars games. They're just a meh team, right? And they play in a really weak division and they've had kind of an easy schedule like the Jaguars are a team that I I feel are overrated. The Texans are a team that are feisty and competitive, and so I don't I don't think that I personally would have them as an underdog in this spot. Um, I wouldn't have them as a favorite of more than you know a point or two. So that's why I don't think there's a ton of value. You know, even if it is two points, we're talking about two points around zero. Like it. It doesn't make a difference to me. It doesn't move the needle. This game's probably going to end up being a pass when all said and done, but the Texans are the side that I I see theoretical value with. All right, so I'm a little bit on the opposite side here. 
Uh, I am showing value on the Jags, but it's again, we're so close to zero that it's not enough to make me bet this. But uh, if I think you'd like the Texans, let me see here. Are there any one and a halfs left in the market? Yeah. I mean, I think we're, by the time we get to kickoff, there probably won't be many one and a half. So there'll probably be some ones out there, but um, it feels like, you know, teasing the Texans might be the way to go. If uh, they're still at one or one and a half by the time we are uh, approaching kickoff here, but I'm probably not going to have a position on this game. If I do, I think it would be the under on 47. Um, you know, the total, earlier in the year, I think was around like 43 and a half, 43. So, uh, you know, the total has moved up and in a year that has been dominated by unders 47 in a divisional game feels like a, a kind of high number. Um, so that's where I'm looking right now, but don't have a position on the game. All right. Uh, another game here that looks kind of ugly and another divisional matchup, the Steelers on the road playing the Cincinnati Bengals, of course, in the look ahead market, this number was much, much higher than it is now. Um, and that was with, of course, the assumption that Joe Burrow would be starting. Joe Burrow is out for the year with the wrist injury. So Jake Browning looks like he will be the starter for the Bengals. And with that in mind, the Bengals opened across the market as one and a half point favorites. And this has been bet down to a pick right now. Uh, 35 was the total last night. It has been bet down to 34 and a half. LaMarca, what are your thoughts here? Uh, I bet against the Steelers with a backup quarterback in week 11, and I am probably going to do it again in week 12. Uh, I know we're going to be on opposite sides here once again, but I just, I just don't like this Steelers team at all. Um, they had, a hundred they had like roughly 250 yards of total offense against the browns 75 of that came on one play um kenny pickett and and the offense had 77 passing yards against cleveland now obviously cleveland is a better defensive team than um than the bengals are but like all the issues that I have with this team still remain. They've been outgained in every game this season, right? They are six and four with an, with an expected record of four and six. Like their, their defense can, can get some takeaways, but they are not particularly good at limiting opposing offenses. So, um, yeah, Jake Browning. Sure. I'm fine with, I'm fine with Jake Browning in this spot. This is unreal. Okay, I I get it. I do get it. The Steelers' offense has been terrible. I think their defense is pretty good, and Kenny Pickett has to be better than Jake Browning. I say that with you know a little bit of the intonation of a question mark, but like I feel like he has to be better than Jake Browning. So I bet this at uh, plus one and a half for the Steelers. I don't think I would want to bet them as favorites in this spot, but uh, you know if if you can find them as underdogs. I think that is the play. Any thoughts here on the total, you know, because these low totals, you know, they can be a little bit intimidating, but they have been hitting totals. Uh, you know, the under in general has been hitting a lot this year. I have this projected like right around the market. So I'm, you know, I'm not probably going to be betting it, but I can see 
if uh, I guess what I will say is this, if I didn't have a position on the Steelers and I had to bet in this market right now, it might be the total and it would be under or nothing for me. Like I'm certainly not taking the over here. Yeah, I mean, this this total is a full like three points higher than the Steelers total last week. And that game went under by almost 10 points. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I see no basically with a total like this you're fading a defensive touchdown. You know, if the mm-hmm. Steelers defense can score, which is something that they are are very capable of doing, you know, either a strip sack or a pick six, something like that, um, this game could go over. But barring that, I don't see how these two offenses combine to score more than 35 points. All right. A, a disgusting interdivisional, interconference matchup. We have the Panthers on the road against the Titans. Uh, Will Levis looked great in his first NFL start. And then since then, it feels like it's been just a little bit of a decline, uh, like a steady decline. And so we have two rookie quarterbacks, assuming that Levis continues to start, which I think he will. Two rookie quarterbacks in this game. Home team Titans favored by four. 37 is the total in the market. And, you know, just like my gut instinct is like 37. Wow, that's high. But maybe, maybe I'm just, I have the warped brain at this point with all the unders that have hit this year, but that feels high. That said, I don't have a position on this game right now. Yeah, the, there has been a little bit of sharp action on the under already. So I, I think you're spot on there. Um, the Levis stuff is super interesting because if you look at that first week, it was all like YOLO balls to DeAndre Hopkins in terms of success rate. He was the lowest quarterback in the league for that first week that he played. So like he has not really shown the ability to move the sticks consistently. He kind of needs those big plays to DeAndre Hopkins. Even their their touchdown last week against Jacksonville came on like a trick play bomb to DeAndre. So um, the good news is that he's facing the Panthers who can't do anything right at this point. I mean, their offense is terrible. Their defense isn't very good either. I, I'm with you. I think the under is a strong target here. And honestly, I wouldn't mind playing laying the minus three and a half with Tennessee either. All right. So from that game to another disgusting game, we have like a slate full of disgusting games. I think the the Thursday games are pretty interesting. The Friday game, even though it has the Jets, that one is still kind of interesting. But a lot of these Sunday games, uh, they just are very unappealing. But we have on the road, the Saints coming off of the bye, playing the Falcons, who are also coming off of the bye. That is correct. It was really nice this past week to have both of those teams not <laughs> not going and not having to think about either one of them. But the uh, the Falcons at home hovering around a pick them right now, they're half a point underdogs, but you know, it's kind of varied across the industry, but as a consensus number, half point underdogs, 41 and a half is the total in the market. And I already have a position on the under, but LaMarca, where are you looking? Yeah, these two teams are teams I've gotten wrong for most of the season, and I think I'm on the wrong side again here because personally, I like the Saints. Um, Using my power ratings, the Saints deserve to be favored in this spot, but there has been some sharp action on Atlanta. So uh, I don't have a play locked in already, but like 
I, I could see myself ending up on the Saints once again. They're just they're a team that has done a lot of things well this season, except score points, which is pretty which is pretty important for a football team to do. You know, finding the end zone is uh is half the battle. But like in terms of EPA, particularly on the defensive side, I do think they're a good team and they really haven't had problems moving the ball on offense. It's just punching it into the end zone that that has really held them back. So, uh, like, in my power ratings, the Saints are still a top 15 type of team, while the, the Falcons are a bottom 10 type of team. Yeah, I mean, yes, I, I do agree with that. I don't have a position on this. If I had to bet on the side, it would be going towards the Saints. Um, but it's not a strong lean. I will say, I feel like this is going to be a close game either way. And I would probably be inclined to tease one of these teams if they get into the teaser range. Although I don't know if that is going to happen, but that might be the way that I would approach the, the spread. If I end up getting involved in that market, I probably won't because I already have a position on the under again, 41 and a half. All right. The next game here, we have the Buccaneers on the road playing the Colts. Oh, actually, at first, I should say a reminder with the uh, the Saints and the Falcons, a little bit of quarterback uncertainty or, or quarterback movement. We have Desmond Ritter coming back in to start for the Falcons. Derek Carr, I feel like he's probably going to go, but he was injured uh, in the game before the bye week, but he indicated that he expected he would be able to play coming out of the bye week. So just something to monitor with that quarterback situation there. All right, the Buccaneers on the road playing the Colts. Colts favored by one and a half. 42 and a half is the total in the market, and those numbers are pretty consistent with what we saw in the look-ahead market before week 11. LaMarca, anything with this game? Yeah, the the Sharps are all over the Colts to start the the betting week here. They have gotten 92% of the dollars on just 45% of the bets, courtesy of our friends over at the Action Network. And this is already up to minus two. I could see that number continuing to climb if if that kind of betting activity continues. Um, I, I'm not all that interested in the Colts, but that seems to be the side that the professionals like, at least as of Monday. Okay, so I will say I've gotten a lot wrong this year on the spread. Like I've treaded water on totals. I've done well on props. The spread is where I have just absolutely massacred myself this year. And uh, I think where I've gotten things wrong the most is when I have bet bad teams as favorites. And I look at the Colts and I think that they are probably a bad team. If not bottom five, certainly bottom eight. And they are favored in the spot. And although I'm showing value on them, I just don't know if I can, I can go there. So, uh, I, I haven't bet them. I'm probably not going to bet them, but as you say, it looks like they are the sharp side in the market right now. So we will see, but, um, yeah, I have that game projected as man, I, I have the Colts favored by 3.3. So 
Oh, that's, that's a that, pretty big difference. <laughs> it is a pretty big difference. Um, and so I should probably be betting them, even though they're at two. But if I'm on the other side of three, I should probably be betting them. I just have like a mental block when it comes to this team. Uh, another another game where it's a similar situation where I'm showing value on uh, a favored team that is a bad team. The Patriots on the road playing the Giants. Patriots coming off of the bye. This number was paid. Patriots favored by five and a half in the look ahead market. And then Tommy DeVito does his thing. And now all of a sudden this number is three and a half. 34 is the number for the total, uh, a very low number. Uh, arguably, I will say not low enough. I have already bet the under on 34. Uh, Lamarca, do you have any opinions on this game? No, I really don't. Um, the Giants were a team that I was just dead wrong on. Um, I thought Tommy DeVito would struggle to tie his shoes in the locker room before last week's game. Uh, but like he was honestly, he was competent. You know, he basically either got sacked or completed the pass. <laughs> Those are the only outcomes for DeVito yesterday. Saquon was great against Washington. Um, and again, the, the, the commanders had six turnovers. Like they, they, a lot of their wounds were self-inflicted, but this giants team might not be as bad as I wanted to believe they were last week. If this number somehow gets to three, I will be betting. I will be betting on the Patriots and that I feel like that it's assuming that Mac Jones is quarterback. Cause I do think that there is a downgrade from Jones to Zappy, but um, we don't see a three in the market right now, three and a half. But if this gets to three, I will be betting on the Patriots. Um, reluctantly, <laughs> I will be betting on the Patriots. I don't want to, but um, I think that this number should be closer to the five and a half that was in the market in the look ahead than the three and a half that we see now. So, uh, and again, the 34 under, I've already bet that. I think this is going to be a very nasty game. As you mentioned, DeVito took nine sacks last week against a, uh, <laughs> against a defense that traded away its main pass rushers. So, uh, I mean, DeVito, I think has limited pocket awareness and, uh, you know, he's without a starting tackle. So, uh, just something to keep in mind for the under there. Okay. Uh, we have the, let me see, this is the beginning of the later games on Sunday. Browns on the road playing the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos coming off of a Sunday night football, was it a one-point victory uh, against the Vikings? Um, and a, a game that was uh, meaningful to some in terms of uh, winning but not covering. Uh, Broncos favored by one and a half here. That was the number also in the look-ahead market. 36 and a half is the total uh, across the board. And that is where it reopened last night. LaMarca, anything on this game for you? Yeah. Friggin' Sean Payton. I was so torn between the Broncos minus two and a half and the under 42 and a half. And I ultimately decided I was going to take the Broncos and that two point conversion, just an awful play call. <laughs> like they tried yes. like, a shotgun sweep uh, pitch. It was terrible. I know. 
I know. But, this this is this gets to like the whole like, hey, where did I lose? I bet on a bad team as a favorite. That's mm. that's where I lost. But of course, that two point conversion, like if it hits the Broncos cover and the over and the under loses and it didn't hit and I was on the wrong side of that whole coin flip situation. So it is what it is. Um I, I I'm going to be a, a Browns believer for most of the season, I think. Uh I don't like Dorian Thompson Robinson, don't get me wrong, he's bad, right? But like I don't think Deshaun Watson was great. And this team was winning games solely based on their defense. Um I don't know how anyone could watch what the Broncos did yesterday where they they didn't score a touchdown until there was less than a minute left in the game and feel confident that this team is going to score any points versus Cleveland. That's how dominant Miles Garrett and company have been this season. Um I think getting them as an underdog here is is totally viable. Okay. I I hear you. Uh, I have value on the Broncos, but you, I have you just don't it. like backup quarterbacks, Matt. Just come out and say that you're a nah, you discriminate against backup quarterbacks. I, I do. Uh, numerically, I discriminate against backup quarterbacks. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I so I'm showing value on the Broncos, but I haven't bet it yet. Um, and part of that is because I just kind of don't want to bet a bad team as a favorite. And also there is just a lot of uncertainty with Dorian Thompson Robinson. Like we, we have seen him now for only two games. Uh, and so like, I have my numbers on him, but my numbers are, you know, I would say like, uh, much more fragile, you know, much less settled than I would want them to be. So I'm just not going to be betting into this situation here. Uh, they gotta, the, they gotta utilize his legs more. I think that would help yes. him tremendously. Yes, they do. Uh, okay, next game on the board here, we have a divisional matchup between the Rams and the Cardinals. Rams coming off of a victory, uh, right? They beat the Seahawks, yes. Yep. Rams coming off of a victory, uh, but the market even so has moved against them, uh, in part because you know Kyler Murray, we saw him now in his second game, and he's continued to look basically like Kyler Murray. So this number was two and a half favoring the Rams on the road in the look-ahead market. Now they're favored only by one point, uh, and the total is hovering at 46 and a half. Mark, uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, Rams won but did not cover You know where the spread ended up moving to, having them as favorites, but... The Cardinals lost and did cover. The Cardinals are now 2-0 against the spread with Kyler Murray. Uh, I've already locked in a play on Arizona as underdogs, uh, mainly due to the injury uncertainty with the Rams. Cooper Cup left that game with an ankle injury, I believe. And Matthew Stafford took a monster shot yesterday and temporarily exited the game. He ended up coming back, but I don't think he played particularly well after he returned. Like, it would not shock me if he's operating at less than 100% right now. So, uh, given, you know, that this Cardinals team has has been undervalued by the market so far, and I don't think this Rams team is all that good, like, I have no problem taking the Cardinals as home underdogs in this spot. I think that this number is going to move to the point where they probably close as favorites. 
Yeah, so I bet on the Rams at minus two and a half in the look ahead market. Obviously, the market has moved against me, and I hate that position now, given that uh, we have the injury with Cup. Um, and I'm still showing some value on the Rams, but I just kind of don't think my numbers have adjusted quickly enough on them. I do like the under. I haven't bet it yet, but this is one of the lines that is showing the most value. I said, I also think that the, uh, the number here is impacted by having some data from the Cardinals that does not include Kyler Murray. So I haven't bet this yet, and I don't know if I'm going to, but I just, LaMarca, wanted to get your thoughts on the total and how you see this. Because 46 and a half, one of the higher totals uh, on the market this week. Um, any thoughts on how we might see the points uh, play out here? It does look like there is a little sharp action. Uh, on the under, I think anytime you have a total of above like 45 points in 2023, you can consider taking the under, right? Like it's just so it seems like it's so hard to score the ball this season. Um, last week's game with the Cardinals, them and the Texans, like it seemed like they were cruising for an over and then the scoring just stopped. So. Yeah, I, I don't think that this Cardinals defense is as bad as maybe some of their early season numbers suggest. The Rams without Cooper Cup, their offense could be a little bit less explosive. I mean, they just scored 17 points last week against Seattle. So I, I could see an under being the play here. Uh, it's not something I've really considered at this point, but if I had to pick a side on the total, I would take the under. Okay, next game here, we have the Bills on the road playing the Eagles, the Eagles playing tonight. So we have to see how they look here. But we did see how the Bills looked last night and they looked great, um, which, you know, I don't know if it's that much of a surprise because they have a great offense and they were playing against a Jets team that has a terrible quarterback. But they took care of business uh, and the number has not moved, however, three and a half uh, on the road uh, is what they were getting as dogs in the look ahead market and three and a half is still the number. Although there have been a couple of threes that have popped up 47 and a half is the total across the board. That's where it was in the look ahead market. Uh, any inclination for how you are betting this? Yeah, I grabbed one of the three and a halfs for the bills. Um, I, I thought that it was a good showing for them. It didn't answer any of the, the questions that we really had about Buffalo. Right. Their struggles have mainly been defensively and, you know, stopping the combination of Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle is not really going to move the needle in that department. But the fact that Allen, uh, it was like his best game against the Jets in years, I, I thought that was a nice sign. And I also think this is just a really tough schedule spot for Philadelphia. They're going to be playing on short rest after playing on Monday night football against the chiefs, it's the super bowl rematch. Like, you know, this game is important to them. I think there's going to be a bit of an emotional hangover and, uh, the bills just frankly need this game more. Their upcoming schedule. Buffalo is an absolute bear, right? They go from the Eagles to the chiefs, I believe. And then the Cowboys, and sitting at six and five, they need to find a way to win. I would say two of those games if they want to make the playoffs. So 
it, getting a win over Philly would certainly be a, a good step in the right direction. Uh, I think that this number eventually gets to three. So I wanted to make sure I had the three and a half. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm perfectly happy with that position. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. I grabbed the three and a half. I, you know, I think it probably moves towards the three. If it moves towards four, four and a half, what does it matter? The difference between three and a half and four and a half is really insignificant. So uh, I feel like betting this, there's kind of only one way to bet it unless you're just absolutely sold on the Eagles as the better team uh, in this spot here. So with you on that, uh, all right, the next game here on the board, we have the Chiefs coming off of this Monday night football game, going on the road, playing the divisional Raiders nine uh, was the number in the look ahead market. Nine and a half is the number in the current market. 44 is the total across the board. LaMarca, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I already locked in 44 and a half under. Uh, there's still a 44 and a half out there on FanDuel, it looks like. Um, I'm just going to keep backing the under in Raiders games. I mentioned that I think they were a bit lucky to get there with the under against the Dolphins, but uh, the Dolphins also have a really good offense for as much as I say that they're overrated. Like, they're still a top three offense in the league. Uh, and the Chiefs really have not been that this season, right? They are more of a defensive-minded team in 2023 than we have seen from them in years past. So I think you've got two teams that are better defensively than they are on offense. You've got a, a Raiders team that has a new head coach in Antonio Pierce who has displayed an affinity for running the football. They've played slow. Like, I think this has all the makings of an under, especially a division game. You know, there's a lot of familiarity between these opponents under 44 and a half or even 44. That's fine with me. Like, I think this is my favorite total of the week. I am 100% with you. Uh, I bet this earlier. I think I grabbed it at 45, um, but I still see some value on the under here. And if you look at the you know, the, um, the margin by which teams are, you know, underperforming, um, against the total, the two teams at the bottom are the Raiders and the chiefs, uh, on average, the chiefs have fallen short, uh, their games have fallen short of the total by 9.72 points, which is just a ridiculous margin. And then Right above them, you have the Raiders. Their games have fallen short by 5.59 points. So these are two under teams. Uh, and it feels weird to say that about the the Chiefs, given their offense, uh, and, or like given that they have Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, but their offense hasn't been what it was in previous years. And their defense has been much better than it has been in previous years. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, the Raiders, they are an under team right now, uh, two and nine to the, <laughs> to the over. So nine and two to the wow. under, like no, no team has been more profitable on unders this year than the Raiders. And, you know, part of that was the offensive incompetence that we saw earlier in the year, uh, with the previous head coach. But, you know, maybe it's a situation where, as you say, even if the offense is playing a little bit better, 
they're still playing slow. They're still playing in a type of game state that tends towards the unders here. So uh, I am I'm with you there under in the Chiefs and Raiders game. All right. Sunday night football. We have on the road, the Ravens uh, and the Ravens coming off of Thursday night football. So they have some extra rest here. Raiders on the road, four point favorites playing the Chargers. 46 is the total chargers coming off of yet another charger filled, uh, loss, uh, on the road. Uh, what they lost was 23 to 20 with the Packers. Uh, you know, really, I mean, they, they shot themselves in the foot so many times in that game, you know, they, they had it right there, uh, and they just could not close. But, uh, so chargers home underdogs here of four points. What are your thoughts with this game? Yeah, classic Chargers loss. And now this is the spot where typically the Chargers bounce back, right? Like, they always tend to play to the level of their competition. They can play up, and they can play way down. Um, For his career, Justin Herbert has been an underdog of more than a field goal in 12 games, and he is 10-2 and against the spread. So... My my numbers have this as a spot where the, the Ravens are the correct play here, right? But my my numbers have yet to account for the Mark Andrews injury. And I've yet to really look at, you know, like like the, the Ravens coming off a win, the Chargers coming off a loss, like that kind of dynamic plays into it as well. So mm-hmm. I have not made a position here. I think I could potentially end up on the Chargers if this number continues to rise. Uh, And for what it's worth, like the sharp money I'm seeing, surprise, surprise, is on Baltimore. The Sharps have been on Baltimore every week for the past two months. So I think if you like the Chargers, and I and I kind of want don't want to say it, but I think I like the Chargers. Like the goal is the 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 move is to wait and see if this line gets a little bit higher. Yeah. Uh, I am. I'm largely with you. I'm actually showing value on the chargers. I have this game close to three. Uh, the thing is, I just don't really want to bet on the chargers, <laughs> you know, but that's, that's why there's value there. And I mean, what you said with, you know, Justin Herbert, when he's been an underdog of more than a field goal, he's really outperformed expectations. So, you know, you have that trend there. Uh, I am showing value on the chargers. I haven't bet it yet. I think what you're saying is right. You know, it's currently at four. If it moves to three and a half, it's not that big of a deal. If it starts moving, you know, from four to, you know, four and a half, five, you know, like this number could potentially get to six if the sharps really like the, uh, the Ravens in the spot. So I think wait, see where the market goes. I also have some value on the under, I haven't bet it yet, but, um, there is a 46 and a half at bet MGM that looks a little bit intriguing to me. Uh, primetime unders, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Monday night football, another divisional matchup. We have the bears on the road playing the Vikings Vikings favored by three and a half. This was four in the look ahead market. 45 is the total across the board. I don't have a position on this game. Lamarca, do you think you will be betting on this game? 
I mean, it's a Monday night game. There's always a chance I could talk myself into it, but uh, <laughs> what a, what a dumb question. Yeah, <laughs> but I have nothing at the moment. Uh, I'm frankly, I'm a little bit surprised that the Vikings are only minus three and a half. I know that it, the Bears are coming off of a good performance, but I've been impressed with with Josh Dobbs, right? Like they they deserve to win that game last night. Um, they outgained Minnesota by roughly 100 yards. They just had three turnovers, a couple of fumbles. Like, it's the type of stuff that, that tends to happen when you lose games. But they they were the better team. Um, and Chicago has played much better defensively of late, but I don't think that they were as impressive as their numbers show against the Lions, right? Jared Goff was terrible in the first half. And I, I think he threw three interceptions. Like that's not the type of thing that I expect to happen all that often. So I, I could see myself ending up on the Vikings in this spot, but as of right now, this is just a wait and see game. Yeah. I'm very much uh, in line with the market with my projection. So no bet for me right now. And as you say, it is a Monday night football game. So maybe I will eventually get there, but uh, nothing that I see on the board right now that entices me. All right. That is going to do it for this morning after edition of the betting life podcast brought to you by fantasy life. Please subscribe to the show. Tell your degenerate betting friends, join the discord, see all of our bets in the free fantasy life bet tracker where we have uh, been on a heater for the past, I'd say close to two months now, uh, especially in the prop market. And of course, we've got the other sports that have really kicked into gear. We've got NBA, we've got hockey. Um, I feel like there might be one other sport, of course, college football, uh, really getting into the um, prime part of the season for college football. So a rivalry a lot week coming up. Yes, yes. A lot to check out in the bet tracker. Be sure to look there and then follow us on social media at Matt LaMarca and Matt F. The Oracle. Thank you and see you again next episode.